know, but these are the days of, uh, um, of, of, of persecution, increased persecution, and, and in particular pressure. Lots of pressure is being brought against the church. And, and the ones that are dealing with the most pressure are the ones who are taking a stand for righteousness and are spending time in prayer. Uh, those are the ones who will get the most, most, most pressure. Um, you know, the devil doesn't have to do a lot of attacking with most churches nowadays. That's really sad. He just pretty much can leave them on their own, you know, because they have no impact. You know, wonderful church services, how many of you know, are wonderful, but you need impact. It is possible for a church to come together, have worship and praise, teaching on the word, all of that, and have zero, almost zero impact. And so the enemy will be after the ones who have zero impact. The more I pray and the more I go down this route, it seems the more I'm being suppressed. Feels like I'm praying against something that cannot be stopped. Um, even this morning when we were praying, um, uh, there's something that you have to get for, familiar with. The old saints used to call it praying through. They used to call it praying through. Um, we, nowadays, we call it the burden of the Lord, um, where, where when a group of people come together to pray, um, when the Lord sees that you're going to spend some time together, he will drop on that group of people what you call a burden of prayer. In other words, there's something that we need to accomplish in the planet. And in order for us to accomplish it, we need the saints to spend this concentrated amount of time in prayer in order to give us enough power to do what we want to do. And it's called, you know, old saints called the praying through. We call it the burden of the Lord. There are other, termino- other terminology for it, you know, but, but you can sense it. You, you'll feel like this. You'll pray. And all of a sudden you feel like this surge. And because of the way that the musicians flow. Um, they're, they're sensitive to it. And so you'll, you'll, you'll also see sometimes where the music will be this way and then there'll be a surge in the music to meet the challenge in the spirit. And, and the music will surge. The music will get more, if you notice sometimes the music will get not only more louder, but it will get more forceful. You know, the music drives us to deal with this thing. We can't see it. And, but it's like the Lord transports us to this situation that's a monster. Deal with this monster and you got to drive that thing and drive that thing and keep on slicing and slicing and slicing. It. And finally that monster is killed. And, and you'll notice that after it's killed in the spirit, everyone's hands will go up and it'll be like a worship that'll come in. You know, and so those are all, uh, it's like spiritual radar. These are all the Lord transporting us different places in the spirit to deal with issues. We, we could accomplish this if we could get the saints to pray here. Sometimes I can last five minutes. Sometimes it can last 15 minutes. Sometimes it can last a half an hour. Sometimes you have burdens that'll last years. Those are very extreme. Uh, when like, uh, what is that? The Berlin Wall come, came down. That, that, there were people that were burnt. That was a burden that lasted years. You have some that last months. And then you have some, they last forever. <laughs> you know, t- typically intercession. So, you know, in this last hour, you know, you have to be uh, prepared for that. You have to be prepared to, you know, we're in a season right now where the body of Christ is really missing it large and whole. We're in a season when the Lord is calling the churches to pray. Um, there are, you know, a few that I'm familiar with, you know, Worship with Wonders, you know, Embassy International. There are a couple of other ones that they're starting to get it and they're starting to have prayer meetings. Matter of fact, uh, Worship with Wonders, they have more prayer meetings than we do. Um, and so they, they're, they're just hitting it, just hitting it, just hitting it. And, and Pastor Miles, he recognizes that, you know, when it comes to prayer, how I many, you know, if you want a real, real, real big crowd, there's two things you can preach on, money and sex. Pat! If you want very few people to come out, start not only preaching on prayer, but then start turning the service is into prayer meetings. So there's a great battle that is fought. You have to have a huge amount of wisdom because, because, let me say this, there are people up front 
that you lose joining the church when the church is focused on prayer. You lose people. You lose a lot of people up front. But it's better when you're after impact, you don't care about the people you lose up front. It's you do the power side, and then because of you doing the power side, not only do other ministries get the benefit of what we are doing, other individuals are influenced into the kingdom of God, and on the back end, then everybody asks, how did y'all get to this level? Because when y'all were playing, we were praying. Okay, so you lose people on the front end. I know that. You know, I know that. And it's a game that the enemy plays with you. You need to back off that prayer, do some other stuff, you know, because you're losing people. That's fine. You know, that's part of the sacrifice. It's called a sacrifice for a reason. I mean, know when you sacrifice, you're losing out on stuff. Okay, and it's unfortunate that most, particularly the newer guys, they don't know anything about sacrifice. They try to open up a church and turn it into something that they have, that they're looking at that's been around for 30 years. Okay, and all ministries had to start with sacrifice. You know, so, so you know, I'm not interested in trying to, you know, try to make a name for myself. You know, when, you, when you're not interested in making a name for yourself, God makes a name for you. And I'd rather have God make a name for me than me make a name for me. If I make a name for me, then as soon as I do something wrong, everybody can turn against me. When God makes a name for you, that's indestructible. Amen. You know, so I just teach along these things. I know it's Labor Day, you know, weekend. I didn't even realize that I'm so disconnected right now from reality. I didn't even know that it was a holiday weekend. My wife let me know this morning. You do realize it's a holiday weekend. No, it's not. <laughs> Fool, it's Labor Day Monday. Oh, that's why the kids are out of school. Okay. So, you know, I'm just encouraging you, you know, I'm a minister, you know, um, um, yeah, minister, uh, I, and my message is short on purpose, probably be a little bit longer tomorrow, but I just, because I felt that I was going to share some things along these lines. You have to be very careful, extremely, extremely careful, because I feel it, and no matter what I do, I can't get rid of it. It's this suppression, suppression. Go to the individual's who have the ability to shut us down the most. They will not look big name. They will not be familiar to the masses. They will be the people that are unknown, that are in their prayer closets, on the early morning prayer call, wake up two or three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that group. That's the group that has the ability to stop some of what we do, slow down a lot of what we do, and manipulate with stuff we worked on for the last 60 years. And if that group get a hold of it and the Lord shows it to them, you might as well go ahead and just go ahead and cry right now because they're going to destroy it. So you got to be very, very careful. And, and I say this because because we are called to deal with frustration. It is, you know, sometimes, you know, my father used to have this saying, it ain't no such thing as easy street religion. He couldn't stand for people to tell people, when you become a Christian, everything, everything is going to be all right, but everything won't always go perfect for you. And these are the, we are called to deal with the frustration of warfare, high level. The higher level of the warfare, the more frustration that you have to deal with. And and you can be living right. You can be living clean. You can be praying and you are still going to have to deal with frustration because Jesus dealt with frustration. Paul and Peter, they all constantly dealt with frustration while they were getting manifestation. Okay. One of the side effects of manifestation is frustration. And you have to know how to press through the wind, press through the tornado, press through the rain, press through the bad traffic, press through the persecution, press through the depression, press through the fear. You just got to keep on walking. Remember that old song? I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. <laughs> Put one of them old ladies in jail right now and see what happened. They be right up in the jail cell with a Bible. <laughs> if I die, let me die in the army. How many of you heard that song before? How many of you have never heard that song before? The younger people are like, no, we never heard that. That's, 
you sang that. You can say, matter of fact, we have a crowd up here with, with our older group, and we play that song, I might not get a chance to preach. Okay? I'm a soldier in the army of the I forgot that piece. I got my war clothes on. Jesus. Yes, that song will wreck any church. You can take them to Catholic church and they wreck them too. Okay? That's what they would start singing when they start dealing with persecution. They were like, I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. What am I supposed to bow? I'm supposed to bend? I'm supposed to back off? You must be crazy. Okay? So the honor of persecution is that the more that you deal with it, the greater your reward is. Persecution is a reward multiplier. Don't always try to run from persecution. Now, you have to have wisdom because sometimes if we are not careful, we can, we can bring extra persecution on ourselves that's not necessary. Okay? So you have to be careful. You have to know, you know, which, which battles to fight. You know, some of you heard uh, the story I told about Rick Joyner. He was in heaven where he was in a spiritual experience, and they gave him his great sword. And he said, what is this for? And they said, this sword is for the purpose of cutting down the, the works of the enemy. And it'll always be represented by trees. So him and, uh, and it was, I think it was him and an angel or a great eagle. They were walking. He saw a tree, which was a work of an enemy. He took that sword and just sliced that thing down to the ground. And the angel said, that was the dumbest thing you could have ever done. He said, dumb? Yes. He said, is this not a sword? Yes. Is it for the purpose of cutting down the enemy? Yes. Was well, not out of work of the enemy? Yes. He said, how is that dumb? He said, because you assume God called you to cut it down. Okay. There will always be problems. Doesn't mean you're supposed to solve them. I ought to say it this way in a facetious manner. I see old ladies at the bus stop every day. Don't mean I'm supposed to pick them up. There's always going to be a need. Y'all know what I meant by that. I don't mean to be rude. Okay, I'm going to say. So he said, when you cut that down, he said, now the enemy will come after you because you cut it down. But it was an enemy that you were never supposed to deal with. Now that you have to deal with that enemy, it'll put a burden on you as you deal with the enemy you are supposed to deal with. So it's great wisdom. Okay, you don't just jump out here. You know, I, I talk a bunch of, you know, stuff. Oh, a sword, snipe off the devil's neck. Truth be told, that's true. But you got to fight the battles <laughs> that God taught you to fall, told you to fight. Okay, so just be careful of that. You know, we are holding back. Uh, a, we're holding back more than you will ever know. Um, but uh, but this last day church is going to have to be bold, arrogant. Because right now, what is being used is media. Media. And, and, and one of the things that they're doing is, is that they're using not only media, but what you call camera manipulation. So the lady that got put in jail, this is camera manipulation. The lady that got put in jail, <clears throat> make sure the camera is on her when she is the most forceful about her belief. When she's angry and she, okay, boom, boom, and she's fighting against them, keep the camera on them. Okay. Now, when she backs off, take the camera off. Now, when the homosexual couple hug and start crying because they got their marriage certificate, make sure you put that on there because that'll pull on the compassion of even the Christians. Because one is being shown as forceful, the other couple are crying. And so all of this is being used. So the church has to come on with their media and just basically act a buck wild fool, which we, we got plans. Y'all just pray for me. Okay, see, if y'all think the word is tight and y'all think the music is tight, when we put that on video, there's a particular style that is extremely forceful. They won't even know who we are at first. At first, they won't even know who you are. It's meant to sound an alarm. It's going to be the most, uh, 
demonstrative thing that you have ever seen when we do media. You know, and that's all being done for a reason. To shock, because nowadays you gotta shock people out of their foolishness. You gotta shock them, you know. And, uh, and these are not the days to be scared. You know, not the days at all to be scared. So, so we shall see, we shall see. All right, let's go ahead and jump into this right quick. So y'all can go ahead and get the cooking. Maybe y'all not cooking. Maybe you're trying to be silent in case I don't drive by your driveway. <laughs> we shall see. All right, all right. <clears throat> I, um, and I still, you know, I don't know what to think. How many are with me? You don't know what to think about this time right now. I just don't know what to think. One moment I'm like, something about to happen in September. Another moment I'm like, no, nah, nothing is going to happen in September. It's going to be in October, you know. Um, and so, uh, you know, but one thing I will guarantee you, something is going to happen. You, you, it's just, and then this weird stuff like, you know, <laughs> how did China drive a warship close to 12 miles to our border? <laughs> did y'all see that on the news? I'm sorry, it was Russia. That was both. What did China do? Never mind. Y'all like, I don't know. China doing a whole lot of stuff nowadays. Both of them are acting a fool. You know, but uh, it's just, just, just a lot of things that are a lot of things that are going on. And um, um, in the same way, I'll say this last thing. In the same way that if you would have seen a movie depicting what happened on 9-11, if you had seen that on a movie, you would have sat right there in the movie, man, this is a movie, you know, good. Me and Jerry and all the rest of the brothers, we've been a movie, man, you know good and well, that'll never happen in the United States. We got the baddest military, baddest CIA, baddest everything. See, this is the problem with judgment. When judgment hits, it doesn't matter how bad you are. What happens is, is that you are allowed to be blinded so that you don't see the enemy. That's the problem with judgment. It doesn't matter what your technology is. Blindness comes upon you and you can't even see the enemy. The radar is on, but you can see what's coming because they turned it off. That's the problem because it's for the purpose of shocking you. Okay, so, but like I said, we'll keep praying. All I know is I'm going higher. How many of y'all are going higher too? Amen. They can do what they want to do. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and jump into this. All right, just for a few moments, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, we... Um, um, uh, been talking about this um, what is the name of the title seductions, sex, soul ties transference of spirits this is a small piece that I'm doing this weekend I said that my wife will be back with me this weekend but she'll uh, be ministering again with me uh, next weekend um, for a while more and more my wife is going to be uh, ministering along with me uh, more and more and more and more even when it comes to end time stuff the Lord has just given her a lot of stuff Hearing. She has a side from hearing from God that is just unreal. Just from hearing from God, the things that the Lord wants us to do in this last day. So, but today we're going to talk about attachments. And uh, this is very important, whether it be you are single, married, businessman, co-worker at the gym, doesn't matter. I'm going to talk about attachments just for a moment. Definition of attachment means to create social and emotional ties. So one of the definitions of attachments. And I want to just... Because, because once again, this is always true, period, regardless of how you live your life. 
But in these last days in particular, those who have a stand for righteousness, the enemy will be looking for any type of way to slow you down, mow you down, trip you up, keep you stuck, allow no forward movement, etc. And one of the ways that he will do that is through attachments. If he cannot get you over into sin and stay there, they will bring attachments or experiences uh, that are meant to slow you down and to prevent uh, no forward movement. So, you know, you, I gave an example Wednesday night of how many of you have ever used a paper towel to clean a mirror. And, and, and the paper towel, when you finish cleaning the mirror, what you noticed is little itty bits of the paper towel were on the mirror. Because anything that you come in contact with, it always leaves a residue on you and you leave a residue on it. Okay, very important. You know, how many of you know, any of you ever worked around fish? You were particularly raw fish. You know, that's not a good smell. You can smell it on the individual. Okay, I mean, it's amazing how, you know, we used to have that joke back in the day that if you worked at McDonald's, we could tell that you worked fries. Why? Because you came in contact with those fries, that grease and everything. And even though you have been off work for two hours, you caught the bus home. Everybody on the bus knew where you worked. When you walked in the door, go take a shower, go take a bath. Why? Because what you came in contact with, it, there was an attachment. The residue of it attached itself to you. You know, same thing when you wear, uh, well, never mind. When you, uh, when you wear perfume, you know, or cologne. You know, and you, you give someone a hug. Now what was on them is now on you. You know, I was in the grocery store yesterday getting some water. And a gentleman, he opened up a new barber shop. And this dude, he must have bathed in cologne or something. I'm serious, he must have bathed in it. Because the dude just said, hey, man. He said, man, I opened up a new barber shop. He had a little small rectangular card, a little small thing. He said, man, I opened up a barber shop. You know, come support me. Come check me out. I'm very, very good. I said, okay, thank you. I might consider that. You know, and so I took the card. But the smell of cologne on him was on the card. And it was on the card so strong that it was on my hand and it was on my clothes. She said, ugh, yeah. Okay. So this is an example about what we mean when you come in contact with things. Um, it leaves a residue on you. But the problem is, is that this is also true concerning people. It's a reason why I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. I'm going to get Get a little detailed here. There is a reason why you have been at the gas station and uh, you were at the gas station. You might not have even spoken to this individual, but this person was attractive to you and it was something about them that three hours later after you left the gas station, this stranger was still on your mind. I'm not going to get no amens because I don't want to you know, expose no, okay? Or another one is you got to be. See, Lord taught me something years ago about still images. Still images carry the presence of the person as though it was that person standing in front of you. There was a gentleman. He was a he was a minister at a church right here in Georgia. Matter of fact, big church shut down since then. And um, one of them churches that if you Hitler and didn't repent, you still getting into the kingdom. You know, even a sinner. Oh, that's crazy. OK, but either way. My wife had showed me this picture, and as soon as I saw this picture, I said, that man is, that man is a homosexual pastor. And uh, she said, how do you know that? I said, I can just tell. I didn't know anything about this at the time, you know, and uh, it was first when I moved here. And, and I looked at it, and I was like, I don't know how I know this, but I know. And it's like I could feel the presence of that man on the still picture on the Internet. So I went to his website. I started investigating, investigating, investigating. I couldn't find nothing. I said, oh, I'm going to find it. I know you got it somewhere under a haystack. 
got all the way to the back of the last page on the bottom, and there it was right there, is that he was gay man. Okay, still images carry the live presence of the individual. So what is extremely dangerous about Facebook for some individuals is that Facebook for some individuals can be a lower form of looking at pornography. Because you see all of these images of people all day long, and some of those people are attractive. Okay, I know I'm exposing something. I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to ask anybody to lift their hands. So you're perusing through Facebook, and now they got this thing where, as you scroll down Facebook, and this is any type of social media, there'll be a long list of people that they think you may want to know. Okay, and you'll scroll through that thing. Hmm, she's fine. Next thing you know, you're clicking. And you're looking through a stranger's profile, and the longer you look, you're forming an attachment to somebody that you're attracted to. <laughs> I see this message is not going to go well today, Jesus. Okay, I'm just letting you know about how these things. Now, now the, 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 the thing about attachments and things that get on you is that some things will dissipate and disappear if you simply step away from what? The situation was okay. So no matter how long you work fries, okay, after a certain amount of hours, that's going to wear off. Y'all got me. Then there are some things that attach themselves to you, and no matter what you do, it's on you, and you got to deal with that thing. Okay. There are some things that stay longer. For some reason, I have no idea why I cannot, and I have a very sensitive nose, very sensitive. But for some reason, I cannot smell a skunk. I just can't. We'll be riding down the freeway for years. Oh my God, everybody go, oh my God, do you smell that skunk? And I'm, I don't smell nothing, that frustrates me. Maybe I shouldn't be frustrated, apparently that's a smell that you don't want to smell. But anybody that's got hit by a skunk will tell you, you got to take baths for days to get that stench off. Because there are some things that attach themselves to you, and the residue over the wear off in a moment, others it'll be a few minutes, others could be a few days. There are some things that attach themselves to you, and it'll stay with you for the rest of your life if you don't know it's there. And you got to deal with it. Okay. So, <clears throat> all right, I'm going to give you a testimony right quick. Uh, this, is, this is very powerful. This was shared with me with a member of our church about, I don't know, about three years ago. And, of course, the person remained nameless. I'm sure they wouldn't mind, but they will still remain nameless. And I'll just read it to you. How many of you know where Piedmont Park is? Okay. Piedmont Park is right here in Georgia. Um, apparently it is a hangout. It is the main park. If you're from Detroit, Piedmont Park is Detroit's Palmer Park. Okay. Anybody that's from Detroit knows that Palmer Park is where all of the people who are in alternative lifestyles hang out in crowds. So that's Piedmont Park here. So this person, a young lady, I'll read her testimony. She said, one weekend I went to Piedmont Park. While I was at the park, I did not feel right, but I stayed anyway. There are some situations that you will walk into. You do not know what is there, but the Holy Spirit does, and you'll start feeling funny about it. Okay? It could be something as simple as you're getting ready to stop by a particular supermarket, go down a particular road, stop by a particular gas station, all those things. You just get a funny feeling, and the Holy Spirit will always just say, Thus saith the Lord, thou shalt not go to Kroger and get those Krispy Kreme donuts that you want. You'll just get a funny feeling. But either way, she said, well, I was at the park. I did not feel right, but I stayed anyway. As I walked through the park, I ran right into the gay festival, which I had no idea was going on. 
It got really heavy spiritually. So after about 45 minutes, I left the park. Everybody say attachments. Attachments. When I got home, I still felt heavy and knew I should pray. So I did. I felt a little better and went to bed. As I laid in bed, I couldn't sleep and suddenly felt like I was literally surrounded by a gang that was about to attack. It was almost like I could see them so much. So I sat up in the bed and yelled at them and told them to leave. It lightened up a bit, but it wasn't until I sat up and prayed in the spirit or in tongues for a while that I was able to sleep. That night, the Lord told me that some of the demonic spirits that were a part of the gay pride festival decided to follow me home when they saw me there. And this is why he did not want me to occasionally go to a lounge or a nightclub because the exact same thing happens there also. I can go so many directions, but it's Labor Day weekend, so I'm going to give you all a chance this time. Okay, y'all, there is a spiritual presence behind everything. Technology, okay, church, clubs, okay, parades. Okay, whatever it is, there's always a spiritual atmosphere there, always a spiritual atmosphere there. Now, this young lady, she did not go there on purpose. But what happened is how many of you know, it's a whole lot of people in jail right now that was at the wrong place at the wrong time. Whole lot of people dead right now because they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Okay, well, with something like that, okay, there is a presence. There are teams of the what we call demonic. Some people don't believe in that. Wonderful. You haven't seen what I've seen. You haven't seen what some of y'all have seen. People who don't believe in the spiritual realm crack me up, but that's okay. That's okay. Bible says, uh, never mind. <sighs> Let me go back to what I was saying. She said, focus, focus. Thank you. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> Started to tell you, never mind. Thank you. I don't know what my problem is today. Point that I'm making is, is that the there is an influence behind that parade. And if you could, if the Lord could open up your eyes to the other realm, you would see a, an, an army that could possibly be bigger than even the folk in the parade. So now what happens is, is that the entire parade is nothing but darkness moving. How many of you know that the greatest attention getter is flicking on a light in the midst of the darkness? So now an innocent person walks right in the midst of that. And they stand out like a sore thumb. So a group of them decide to say, well, she came in here. You know what? Let's go. Let's leave and let's go accost her, torment her. And some people, that's how they end up being gay. Okay. And so this is a situation of what we call attachments. Okay. Well, you wouldn't know this. This is the reason why some of you have had this experience. You felt wonderful today. It was as though you had hit the lottery and just got born yesterday. You felt great until you came across that one person on the job. All you did was talk to them for 30 seconds. Now you walk around depressed for the rest of the day. Any of you ever happened to you before? You know why? What was on them attached itself to you and brought you down to their level. And if you know how to get rid of that, but. So what happens is, is that you have these different atmospheres. Nightclub is the exact same thing. Y'all, it's not a bunch of angels in the nightclub boogieing and woogieing and all that to the music. It's demonic spirits that run nightclubs. That's the reason why. And nowadays, y'all know I used to be a nightclub man. I can't even, yes I can't, I can't even imagine what goes on in a nightclub today. It's just unreal. So you have all of the alcohol, you have all of the drinking, you have all of the getting drunk, you have people rubbing up against each other, then all of the music, all of that 
is involved together, and it's what you call the spirit of promiscuity, spirit of sex, spirit of perversion, all of that. And this stuff follows you home. Okay. Um, what is this parade that they have in Louisiana? The one with all of the beat, Mardi Gras. It's one of the worst things you could ever go to. It is a sexual, you'll come home, you can have the Holy Ghost coming out your ears. You go to that parade for a whole hour, you go home feeling like freaky deaky. Because of the spirit that's behind the parade. And, what's, and, the, and, the, and whatever the spirit, and it's not just spirits as beings, but it's also spiritual substances that are in that atmosphere that all attach themselves to you. And if you don't know how to deal with that, that thing will lock you down for the rest of your life. There are some things, sexual spirits, that will attach themselves to you and lay dormant till you get married. So that when you get married, it will then shut down the sexual intimacy in the marriage. And these things will stay on you because they never want you to know that they are there because they're the same way that Jesus said, I came to destroy the works of the devil. The devil comes to destroy the works of Jesus. Jesus came to give you what? Freedom and life. They come to put you in prison and bring death. We don't talk about physical death. We're talking about death to your marriage, death to your relationships, death to your human body, death to your finances, death to your social relationships, death to everything. That's their job. And a thief never wants you to know that he's around. How many last time, how many, when the last time y'all had somebody ringing them, ding dong, hey, I'm, yeah, I'm Mr. Thief, I'm, I'm just letting you know, I just apologize for what I'm getting ready to do when you go on vacation tonight, and, and when you're gone, I, I just want to take your tell, hey, no, the thief watches you, and they write down, now she leaves at 9 a.m., she comes back at 10 p.m., leave at 9 a.m., and they'll watch you for a few weeks. And they're right during that period of time, they sneak in and they sneak out. A wise thief, not trying to give you any suggestions, a wise thief will wear gloves so that the police come and can't find his fingerprints. A thief always seeks to be unknown. Now that's natural thieves. What about demonic ones? Because they're not just trying to steal your money and everything, they're trying to steal your life. They're trying to steal your peace. They're trying to steal your prosperity. They're trying to steal your love. They're trying to steal every single thing they can because what they steal from you is their reward. You got to be very careful of that. All right, so stay away from the clubs. Y'all know what I'm saying. I don't need to tell y'all. Y'all know good ones. Some people still got to get their party on. I'm just letting you know you're walking into an atmosphere and stuff attaches itself to you. I used to think, see, when I was going to the clubs, I was living at home with my parents in earlier years. I think I started going at 18. And all of this time, my mom never said anything. Now that I'm wiser, I know that she knew everything. Because my mom spent time in prayer every morning. There was no way in the world that my mom was spending time with the Holy Spirit every morning. <laughs> Her son is going to the club every night, and she didn't know. I was just too stupid, dumb, blind, ignorant, and crazy to think that she knew. Your kids always think that you can't see the little popsicle juice. I didn't eat the popsicle. Oh, okay, I guess it just disappeared on its own. First Corinthians chapter five. First Corinthians chapter five, verse nine through thirteen. I wrote to you in a letter not to associate with immoral people. I did not at all mean with the immoral people of the world or with the coverless swindlers or with idolaters, but then you would have to go out the world. But actually, I wrote to you not to associate with any so-called brother if he is an immoral person or covetous or an idolater or reveler or a drunkard or swindler, not even to eat with such a one. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Watch this. Now, I'm going to read this slow. What have I to do with judging outsiders? 
Do you not judge those who are within the church, but those who are outside God judges? Remove the wicked man from among yourselves. A couple of things here. When you see people, well, that's not even true, but, you know, everybody got this, their own opinion about you can't judge me. Stop. First of all, the scripture says when it comes to Christians, it says that we were in judge the entire world. Second thing it says that no weapon formed against us will prosper. It says every tongue that rises up against us in this planet, it says you will condemn. Some people think only God can judge me. God won't be doing the judging. We will. The scripture makes that clear. We are his sons. He's like, all of the stuff that y'all did were against my people. So now that they're in heaven, I'm going to let them judge you because you thought you were going to get away. You didn't want to listen to them on planet Earth. You're going to have to listen to them now, right before you going down. Y'all remember that song? Okay. So the Bible says, though, that Christians are to judge those in the church. And it says God will judge those in the world. Okay. So we have to keep the ones that are in the body of Christ correct. No, you can't do this. No, you can't have a woman on the side. No, you can't have three wives. No, you can't cheat on your husband. You got to tell people this. No, you can't marry best of the cow. No, you got to tell people this stuff. There's some people that just don't know this stuff. If you've been living in the world all your time and your all the time and your parents were Christian, weren't Christians, how would you know what's right and what's wrong? You wouldn't. Somebody got to tell you. Bible says, how would they hear without a preacher? Problem is, not a preacher's doing it. It's the truth, anyhow. So, but that word immoral is where we get the word fornication from. In the Greek, the word immoral and fornication literally mean P-O-R-N-O-S. What word do y'all think we got that from? Pornography. Okay. So when you hear, whenever you hear the word immoral and you hear the word fornication, the literal word in the Greek is pornos, P-O-R-N-O-S. Is where we get the term pornography from. So, in God's eyes, this may hurt a little bit, but you'll be all right. As they say, it's never too late to get it right. In God's eyes, any sex outside of marriage is you participating in pornography. Literally. So because of that, you attract certain things. Okay, the Bible says when you do that, it says you destroy your own soul. Okay. So now, there is a reason why God said don't hang around somebody that's living that way on purpose. You know why? Because there's another influence that's making them do that. And because now the influence on them is making them go down that particular lifestyle. Okay. So if you keep hanging with them, guess what's going to jump on you? Okay. So it's not that God is trying to say you're better than them and all that type of stuff. How many know? It's amazing. The person who is right that doesn't want to hang around the person is wrong. The person is wrong always says you think you're better than me. They always do that. No. I'm just trying, I'm trying to be right. I'm trying to be clean. You don't want to want to stay in the mud looking like a fool. I want prosperity. I want healing. I want peace. I want God's blessing. I want God's favor. I want his increase. I want his multiplication. I want everything that God has for me. After all, he died for that. If you want to run with Satan, be my guest. Like I always tell people, quit worrying about what people say. Like Leroy Thompson said, wave at him on the way to the bank. See you. Wouldn't want to be. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all losing it, man. Y'all losing it. Hey, Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen. It says, "Iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend." Notice it says, "Iron sharpens iron." Mm-hmm. In other words, in order for you to be sharpened by your friends, you got to have a friend that's on the same level as you. 
You can't have somebody. You can't be sharpened by some. Now, you're going to have people that's on a lower level than you. But we're talking about when it comes to your road dogs, your ace boot, whatever they say, my down, whatever they say. Your individual, that these are the individuals that you hang with, talk to on a regular basis, boom. If that person does not have the same views as you, they are dragging you down and you're trying to pull them up. Because it's always twofold, okay? Any person that you, whoever you are attached to is either bringing you up or they're bringing you down. Either way, okay? Or, and, 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 and they're either sharpening you or they are dulling you, if that's such a word, okay? Um, but, 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 you know, if, if, I, if I start hanging out with somebody, that their views are different than me, it's a two-fold process going on. They're draining me because my spirit man is trying to get them to come up. <clears throat> okay? And, and at the same token, I'm, I'm, I'm convicting them because they feel like in my presence they have to come up. Okay? So, so in my presence, they might cuss on a regular basis, but while they're cussing, they feel like they should stop cussing. But while they're cussing, it'll be temptation for me to join the cussing ceremony. You see what I'm saying? Why? Because you got two individuals and they're both pulling on each other. One is trying to pull the other one up, other one's trying to pull the other one down, and that's be a problem. Okay? Now that's the unfortunate role is that God has called me to do that. Jesus. There are times when I will let a person talk for 15 minutes. It'll, I mean, and I, when they started talking, I felt like I was 15 feet tall. When they finished talking, I feel like I'm an inch. And so that's what pastors are called to do. And that's why you should pray for pastors, because most of them lose. It's a reason why most of them lose their mind, because a lot of them, the more the church increases, the less they spend time with God. So now what happens is, is that you drain them. They come back and preach from the drain and they go lower Then they come back and preach again. Now they're in a deficit. Next thing you know, they waking up in the bed with Sister Laquita and don't know what happened. That's how that stuff happens. I'm just being honest with you. You know, most of these guys don't want to go down the wrong road. It's just that you get so, you have such a deficit. You have no idea. You know, if I'm a, uh, when, I, when I minister, okay, back on things now, but there, there, there are times when you weren't in the word and in prayer like you should be, and I'm minister, and it's a different type of tired. It literally feels like somebody stuck a syringe in my bones and sucked the marrow out. It's, a, it's, a, it's, not, a, it's not a physical muscle tire. It's an internal drain from the real you. They pull on the real you. The real you is a spirit. And so you got to be careful about these things, okay? So now, just for a moment, we're going to talk about this one thing. First Samuel chapter 16. I'm just telling you how attachments are made. How many know it's real, real important for you to protect your circle of influence? If you have children, protect their circle of influence. I tell my kids all the time, you know, it's like my kids are becoming rock and roll stars at the school or something, especially my oldest son. Oh, so this boy got natural swag now. He just popped up one day cool. He just, just the way he looks is cool. And, and these little girls going crazy over this boy. The mama's going crazy over this boy. No natural swag. And I told my kids, I said, the parents are going to have no problem with their kids attaching themselves to you because they see that you're this way. But I'm going to have a huge problem with some of their kids because some of their kids are crazy. Some of their kids are crazy because the parents are crazy. And the last thing I need in my household is crazy. So, little, your little friend, wonderful. He got to go. Little girl over there, nope. Next thing you know, she'll have you hemmed up in the closet. You come out with lipstick all over your face. There ain't even time for that now. First Samuel 16, 23. So it came about whenever the evil spirit from God came to Saul, David would take the harp, play it with his hand. Saul would be refreshed and be well, and the evil spirit would depart from him. Say, 
Now, this is a very important principle because of attachments. If you can play music and it can drive a spirit out, you can play music and it can drive a spirit in. Mm-hmm. Now, we'll forget the testimony of a guy named Craig G. Lewis. I used to listen to him a lot, but he got really, really negative. He just attacks everybody now, and I don't want that stuff in my system. Okay, and, um, but he, he said he was casting this demonic creature out of this uh, movie star. And he said no matter what he did, he said he could not get that thing to come out. And um, so he just started praying, 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 no, no, praying. And he said the Holy Spirit told him, he said, that particular creature that's in him, it was played in. Go get some gospel music so you can play it out. He said he put that music on, that thing came right out. See, it's so much stuff. You know, there are, there are, there's a level of intelligence that's beyond the scope of what you can see that the body of Christ is supposed to walk in. Okay? So music, music can drive a spirit in. And it can drive a spirit out. Then you have this principle, Ezekiel 2, verse 2. It says, he spoke to me, and as he spoke to me, the spirit entered me and set me up on my feet, and I heard him speaking to me. Okay? So when someone is talking to you, the presence and the spirit behind their words can set you up on your feet, or they can bring you down to your knees. Now, when you add that to the music, and now you're listening to one of these crazy R&B singers, whoever they may be, you don't know what they're doing in their private life. It's obvious they're not living for God. It's obvious that everything that they talk about is perversion on every side, sleeping with who, who can do who, I stole your girl from you, and, and, and I'm sleeping with your man on the side, okay? You let, now, watch this. The music is created under the influence of smoking weed and witchcraft. That is a simple fact. I was there at my friend's studio when I watched major groups sit there and smoke weed and do drugs for two days straight so they could get to a particular high and then all of a sudden it starts coming to them from the dark realm. They put that on a track along with their demonic words that are not clean whatsoever and you dump this on the inside of your system because the music sounds super sweet, not sweet. It sounds, and that's how the music gets you. The music is corrupting you, and then the words you're listening to are corrupting you too. Then you wonder why you get in a relationship, it does not work correctly, because you got somebody else's spirit on the inside of you. It's called the law of reduplication. Yes. You can't listen to that. Yes, it does sound absolutely cool. They got this one dude, what was the, what was the BT, I don't know what, they got so many crazy award shows now. I don't know if y'all saw this guy, I don't remember his name. I think it was this last BET Awards. And they had this guy that was on the pre-show. And I could, I, man, when I tell you, I could feel it's a deep thing to listen to the demonic sound so good. Can't remember his name. He got the real teeth, but that's half of him anyway. And um, what was that? Ah, don't you open up that window. See, they laughing because they know who I'm talking about. In the hills is all we know. Popping pills is all we know. The whole song is like that. What's the name of the guy? Yeah. <laughs> ah, that's the Holy Ghost Riders right there. They don't play. But that was the that they was on the stage, and and that's what he was singing. That, that pretty much that's the whole song. The whole song is like that, you know. Um, but I don't know his name. But it, it's 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 because. Even if you knew his name, I may not recognize it because now names are no longer, you know, it could be Wycliffe, Third Dog. You know what I'm saying. You know, we don't, people that don't have no regular stuff nowadays, so it's, but, uh, but, but the point that I'm making is, I don't listen to that stuff. Okay? 
at all. When I heard it, that stuff moved me. I mean, it, you could, I mean, you could feel, you sitting there like, uh, 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 now see with me, when I hear stuff like that, I will still rock my head because I recognize it sounds good, but it's still demonic. But I mean, just to see the, the, the energy behind that boy. Oh my God, and he just floating around the stage, you know, like this. I mean, I mean, it was just, I mean, it was mesmerizing to watch. I still got to record it. Matter of fact, I might invite y'all over and let y'all watch it. <laughs> Point that I'm making is, is that that's one individual that is used to infect the masses. Rick Joyner's book, The Final Quest, in the beginning, he said, let me get this right. The vision started with him seeing a demonic army as, 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 as far as the eyes could see. He said he knew that this army had been specially prepared to attack the last day church because the power that church would walk in would require that type of army. He said each one was divided in rank. And and so this group, they were all lust. This group, they were all, you know, whatever it is, fear. He said he looked closer. Most of the demons were riding on horses. He said when he looked even closer, most of the horses that the demons were riding on were other Christians. In this visionary experience, the Lord showed him that in the last days, he said, in the same way that Jesus Christ is anointed, he said that creatures would attach themselves to one singer and it would baptize masses of people into perversion just by listening to this woman or this man. And that's what's wrong with our culture right now. They want to sit up here and march all day about Black Lives Matter. Y'all don't want to talk about the music because that, look, you got some racist white cops you got some all of that. I understand all of that. And we have to deal with that when that happens. But the issue that's going on in the black community ain't got nothing to do with no white cops. Not a thing. It got to do with this trash that we keep letting our kids listen to. And if you do attack it, they're going to attack you. Only group of people that I know that will cuss you out if you don't let your little son wear a big old gold chain to school. I know if we get in Detroit. She, I know she. Was, I know she was, I know in Detroit they wanted to put the kids in uniform so they stopped fighting over the clothes. You know why they changed their mind? Because the parents rose up and fought the school. My child got a right to wear these two hundred dollar gym shoes. My child got a right to come down with their pants down. My child got a right. Got a right. Got a right. Okay, your child got a right to go to jail too and have no job for the rest of his life. So I'm not. Well, I'm not saying that either. But what I'm saying is, is that right now everything is off center. Everything. You got people that have movements, but the movement ain't going nowhere. Because you know what? Let me say something about African-American people. Until we learn to police our own self-respect, you can hang up any other nation respecting us. All you preaching now. Not. You can march until your legs fall off. You can shout Black Lives Matter until your tongue dries up in your mouth and you have no vocal cords because your tonsils are sitting on the cement. You can do that all day long and not one single thing will change because you are telling them to do something that you won't even do yourself. Yes, sir. Now, we're forgetting, who was that guy that got beat up? Rodney King. Rodney King got beat up. You know, and that was out of water, too. But it was amazing. They break this big old shrine for him to look like a Hindu temple in Detroit. Big guy got on, uh, got on the radio. He said, man, if y'all kept y'all grass up like y'all kept up that shrine, Detroit might be a better place. That's hurting, but Terry said, like, who? I keep my grass right and I felt I'm just feeling crazy today. So 
Am I saying all music is wrong? No, because I was taught any I was taught any music that's not Christian music is of the devil. No, half the Christian music is of the devil too. I don't listen to none of it. I just don't. I just I hate to say that. I just is. Oh my God, I'm so. T- Never mind. I mostly listen to instrumental stuff. That's why I'm so glad about the music that we start pushing out here. And y'all haven't seen anything. But it's just, it's just, there's a lot of good music out there. And there's a lot of good Christian music out there. There's a lot of instrumental, instrumental and regular music out there. I'm not saying that you can't listen to certain artists. What I'm saying is you have to listen to the words. This girl might sound really, really good, but is she talking about adultery? Nope, can't put that one on the track. It goes right in the trash. I'm not listening to nobody. They're putting that stuff on the inside of you. Uh-huh. This is crazy. You got to know who you listen to. Find out what these people believe. You know, really, is no music is music, okay, to a, to a, to a point. But you just got to be very selective on who you listen to, okay? That's why at my house, we got the family sharing program. Y'all know what that is? Anybody buy iTunes, it shows up on everybody's iTunes. So, and my kids, they, they, they got a couple of things on there that I would not have suggested. I let it slide because it, was, it wasn't by a Christian artist, you know, but I let it slide. Okay? I'm trying to teach my children responsibility not to be scared. It's, it's a fine line. If you keep keeping everything from them, they go after everything. Okay? So, but, but I watch. You know, I watch. You know, and we have tell them stories to, you know, so, you know, like they think, they think, like, make sure. Okay, never mind. Can't be exposing all my secrets. How many of you know? See, I, see, my grandmama used to tell us, boy, I got eyes in the back of my head. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you believe that. Yeah, that's right. you, you believe you out there, you got ready to steal them potato chips at the store? <laughs> Grandmama's going to see me. Okay? And nowadays, like, now they got all of these apps, y'all. Technology is extremely dangerous, but they do have apps that allow you to see everything that your child does. Okay? Well, I learned this from the one of the guys at the school. He said, man, I got an app. He said, all I got to do is I hit one button, and it downloads every single conversation that my son had for the day. And I can see what he's saying. And then I sit down with him. Yeah, see this girl right here, what you said? Uh, no, no, no. You say that again, you won't have a phone. You won't have to worry about saying anything to her. You got to, you know, people, oh, he being too. Mm-hmm, but my son ain't not going to be on jail. You're not going to be wearing a pink dress. Okay. So he said, the spirit spoke unto me. When this man spoke, the spirit entered me, set me upon my feet. Okay. So you got to be careful what music you're listening to. Okay. And you got to be careful who you're listening to. God forbid that the music and the person singing the music is both crazy. Because what's on them is being attached to you. And some of this stuff, y'all, you'll wake up, you'll, it's possible for you to listen to a particular singer and you never equate the singer to your personal depression. You never equate the rapper to your personal fears. You'll never equate the rapper to all of a sudden now you start looking at a woman that particular way. It is impossible for you to listen to anything and it not affect you. I don't care if you Jesus. If you listen to it, it's going to be affecting you. So always know what you look at and what you listen to gets in you so that you will become what you're looking at and what you listen to. And eventually you got to say, stop. You know, the season I didn't listen to nothing. I didn't listen to nobody because I thought everybody was crazy at one time. How many of you ever felt that way? Everybody crazy. <laughs> be like Elijah. Lord, kill me. I'm the only one going to heaven. He's like, fool, please. I got 7,000 people you haven't even met. 
Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. I did a light version of this, but this is the important thing. It says, husband, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church, gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot, no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. Notice that the main way that Jesus Christ cleanses us is the word. I have to keep saying this more and more, keep saying this more and more, saying this more and more. If you are not a Christian who spends quality time in prayer, quality time reading the world on a regular basis, you are a failing Christian and you have no forward movement. Your forward movement is not based on your job. It's not based on how much money you make. And that's okay. There are things that God can only reveal to you if you're in the word. There are things and inventions and concepts and promotions that can only come to you. Right. And it's the main way that he cleanses us is through the word. I will use this illustrious example one more time. You've heard it, but it's worth repeating. You can take a shower when you go home, take a bath and a shower. You can use the most high level soap you want to. Everything. Apricot scrub, special organic shampoo. You can do it. Rub your skin. Squeaky clean. I have never been this clean ever before in my life. Go sit on the porch for an hour. And it, just sit still. It doesn't have to be raining. Don't matter what type of day. It can be winter time when stuff is frozen. Grab a paper towel that's white, rub it across your forehead, and there will be dirt. You just got out the shower an hour ago. What happened? There's always stuff attaching itself to you from the atmosphere. Now, this is exactly how this looks. Imagine I go home today and I don't take a shower or a bath. Now, some of us might be able to get, with, get away with that for a day or two. I'm sure some of you have tried. I'm sure some of you have tried to set the Guinness World Book of Records. I counseled a guy years ago. Couldn't figure out why his wife didn't want to make love to him when he was taking a bath once a week. I did my fam- familiar scene. Boom. Well, going home early today. Ain't no reason for this to be no counseling. This is not, has nothing to do with the Bible, sir. You are just crazy. Don't nobody want to be with your stink behind and you not taking a bath. Nobody got to read no scriptures to tell you this. Then go to India and China to learn this foolishness and go to the ghetto and see this. Never mind. See, I don't be doing all that deep stuff. I don't got time to be sitting wasting all day over stuff that's common sense. How many know it's common sense to take a bath and a shower every day, all day, around the way? <laughs> anyway, I sound like a rapper or something, don't I? Hey, what was I talking about? So I go home, I don't do this. Then the next day, I get up and go preach tomorrow at the Sunday service. Now, I might be able to get away with something. Okay, maybe they do, you know, they, they, they do have these deodorants that last 24 hours. By Monday, that's how my wife is going to look when I walk past her. Now, wait a minute. Y'all know that if I haven't taken a bath in three or four days, there are going to be some problems. It's going to be some serious problems. And guess what? Eventually what will happen is, is that I will begin to smell and stink, but I will get used to it. So my nose shuts off, but everybody around me can see it. And many a times, guess what happens? They won't say anything because they don't want to embarrass me. This is exactly what happens to a higher degree when you do not spend time in the word. 
You are refusing. You're like, Lord, I'm stepping out into this atmosphere. I'm around the world system that has a spirit. I'm around the spirit of the Antichrist, which is pretty much everything you almost see on TV. I got to work with all of these people on my job. I don't know what they were doing last night or last week. I don't know what they're doing in their homes. I come in contact with them. I touch them. I have to talk to them. It doesn't matter if you weren't talking about anything. You have to come in contact with this. You see billboards that has an attachment. to You deal with all of this type of stuff. And then you pick that right back up the next day. And you don't take a spiritual bath in the world. And that's why I tell people all that your biggest fight won't be living right. Your biggest fight will be spending time in prayer, spending time in work, because the devil knows if we can just keep them away from prayer and if we can just keep them away from studying the Bible and reading it on a regular basis, everything else will take care of itself. They will eventually sooner or later fail because they are not doing the first part. And how many of you know, I'm a Holy Ghost preacher and I don't play that. And I still struggle sometimes having to do my regular regiment. And see, what I do is if I go a couple of days and it hasn't happened by that third, fourth day, I just shut down. My mom said, where are you going? Up to the church. I'll be up there for eight hours. I just I just shut down. I don't let the devil get me. I'll just shut down and do a whole eight, nine hour session until I my eyes turn red. I can't even read anything else. <clears throat> Acts 20, verse 32. We'll do these last couple. Now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. So the Bible says that the word of God is able to build you up like food. See, here in this realm, everything has its own separate thing. Water is for the purpose of refreshing you and cleansing you. Food is for the purpose of building you up. This over here is for the purpose of doing this. This over here is for the purpose of doing that. In the spiritual realm, the word does all that. So if you refuse to do the one thing, you're killing yourself with everything. John 15, one through three. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear, bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. So the word cleans you. It cleans you. The problem with not being clean is you begin to attract things that you're not supposed to attract. You know, what's that guy, Charlie Brown? What's the little dude that never is always dirty? What's his name? The boy's name is Pigpen. Linus. Who are y'all talking about, Pigpen? The dust boy with the dust cloud. Oh yeah, Linus is the blanket. Pigpen is the. Every time he walking, you see this little dust bowl. That's what it looks like spiritually, y'all. Do you realize that in the spiritual realm, this is what it looks like when you haven't spent time in the Word? And these creatures see you walk right past. Look at Turnbull over there. With, look at. <laughs> and so now that's, watch this. It's a sign of weakness. They know they can take you down quicker because you haven't even cleaned yourself. And, and I know for me, I know for me, I can't go to bed without taking a shower after a long day or something. I just feel different when I wake up. How many of you go home, you take a, and you don't feel like taking one, but when you take it, it's like it refreshes you. Same thing spiritually. We're wondering why we're dealing with issues that we can't handle because we're not refreshing ourselves. We're not cleaning ourselves. We're not building ourselves up. We're not doing anything. And it's all a trick. Everybody, you can sit up here and pretend, oh no, brother, I spend time. Stop. Every single person that is a Christian fights against that. 
Sometimes you have seasons where you in the word, you in prayer. Oh man, I wish the devil would show up in the atmosphere. I'll slice his nose off and feed him his own burgers. Oh, I'm on it today. Then you have a season. Every day is like, Lord, just give me grace to make it through today. <laughs> You're like, I ain't spent no time in prayer. I haven't spent no time in the word. Oh my goodness. The devil get to talking to your mind. You know, you're weak. Last scripture, John 1, 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have success. Notice it said, if you do that one thing, you will make your way prosperous. You know why? so many things it's the, it's it's the real you that makes stuff happen okay you can walk into an interview and they've given you the job because you showed up that's it's called inner strength the bible says if you faint in the day of adversity it's because your strength is small the word builds you up. It gives you forward movement. It keeps you clean. It refreshes you. All of that is important in order for you to walk in perfect, flawless victory, even in the face of trial, tribulation, and persecution. And that's why, how many of you know when we don't feel good? Last thing we want to do is pray. Last thing we want to do in the Word. You're like me. Flip this channel. Let me see somebody shoot somebody with some ice cream and a Krispy Kreme donut in my hand. That's what you feel like. Okay? But it's what it's if you can learn to do the opposite sometimes of what you feel, yes. it is the thing that you feel like doing that can mess you up. Yes. And the thing that you don't feel like doing, which is yes. what will build you up. OK, how many of y'all feel like going and, and pounding your muscles into the pavement, trying to look all ripped and all that, trying to lose all this weight and keeping shit? You don't feel like doing that. No. You feel like riding a bicycle to the cookie store. Right. That's, That's right. what you feel like doing. That's the only exercise I plan on getting. Oh, man, we can walk. Let's go walk downtown and eat some Krispy Kreme donuts at the fair. And, and that's what you feel like doing. That's right, that's right. That feels good. But it is the thing that feels good that messes you up. It is the thing that feels bad that makes you feel good. Okay. And you got to be very, very careful of that because the word of God in prayer is what you call an acquired taste. There are people who, if they force themselves to discipline themselves in the area of working out and eating right, at first they can't stand it. They sit up there eating that old dry broccoli and all this rabbit food. But what happens is over a shorter period of time, your body adjusts what you could not stand, you now love. You go back to eat the Burger King and you almost throw up because everything is acquired taste, good or bad. So you got to be very, very careful with that. So I just wanted to throw that in there because it is the word that keeps us clean. Word that keeps us clean. And let me say this, because some people are like, well, where do I start? Okay, I got this from Billy Graham. Billy Graham said that before he starts his regular study, he said he does um, two to three chapters in Psalm. I think he said he does two chapters in Psalm. Then he does two to three chapters in Proverbs. Psalms is like a comprehensive book. It covers everything from your prosperity to your healing to Lord. I just don't feel like I'm worthy. I'm depressed. I'm fearful. The Lord, the enemy is on my back. How many know Psalms covers everything? It's like general practitioner. Proverbs deals with wisdom. Okay. So what you do is, and you mark it. You mark it. You know, now I got a Bible app that lets me mark. Okay. Today I read up to Jeremiah 33. So that means tomorrow I'll just put, I'll erase 
you know, whatever I started at. And I'll say, okay, tomorrow I'll start with Jeremiah 34. So when I come back, I start with Jeremiah 34. I may, may read two or three chapters. Then I mark it tomorrow or next time, Jeremiah 37. So do that. Read some from Psalm. Read some from Proverb. And then so start with Psalm, Proverb, and then start with Matthew. So now you're moving across the Bible like that. And what will happen is, is that when you get over into saturated times of reading, you'll read something today. And because you came back to it the next day, you'll read something a few chapters over and you're like, wait a minute. This here seems like it's attached to that there. And you start putting then it makes you go back here. I didn't know these two correlate with one versus you read one psalm. And next week you read another one. Now it might be six months before you see what correlated between the two. And by then you forgot what you read in the first Psalms because it took you six months just to get to the 10th Psalm. It's saturated reading, saturated reading, saturated reading. And all of this is doing multiple things. We have never been able to equate how spending time in the word makes us more intelligent. The world says spending time in the word is a waste of time. If you want more intelligence, go to school. No, they're dummies too. Okay. I can't even have most conversations. I can't even have a conversation with most PhDs. I don't understand how, so somebody, I'm talking about typically worldly probably. I don't understand how you go to school this long and you're still dumb and crazy. Just, just don't even have common sense. Just, okay, because the word makes you wise. Uh, the Psalm says, I have more understanding than all of my teachers because your word is my meditation all the day. The word makes you wiser than anybody. You get to the place where you can have a conversation with anybody, but you got to spend time in the word. It will blow your mind what would happen if you got consistent for two months, how you would see a difference in not only your personal strength, your personal mindset, the clarity with which you understand things. You will begin to know certain things about people automatically. Your life will have forward movement. God will reveal certain things to you that you never saw, but you got to be convinced that God loves you just as much as he did his first son, Jesus. Amen. And he does. Okay? It's not given. It's only given to those that are available, not those that are smart. God used a whole bunch of dumb people in scripture, but they were available. It's only those, y'all, look, I was not an intelligent individual, okay? Once again, I think my wife was tricked into marrying me, literally. I think, really believe, I really believe that the Lord blinded my wife into marrying me because he knew what I was going to become. But back then, I was crazy. I literally remember walking around the 12th grade of high school having no idea what to do with my life in any single area. I told you about the little Baptist church I went to and I thought that these was the only two girls I was going to be able to marry. I was gone. So when I met my wife, I don't know what she saw. I think the Lord tricked her. Okay. The point that I'm making is I was doing one thing that many others weren't doing. Every day I was spending time in the word. Every day I was spending time in prayer. And that process made me an extremely wise man. No, I don't know everything. One of the reasons why I'm wise is because I know how to listen. I try to listen to other people. But there's a vast difference between the Superman you see today and the Clark Kent that was existing a few years ago. Why? Word. Word. 
word. I got to put that in your mind because one of the things that the Holy Spirit is saying to the last day church is in order for you to stand against this wave that's coming, you're going to have to be in the word. The word makes you strong. It makes you invincible. It creates a force field around your mind and around your heart. It's no way for us to understand the mystery behind word time equals prosperity. You just read it here. He said you meditate the word day and night. He said it'll make you prosperous. You won't even have a choice. That word is in you. It's like a, a trigger. You put the word in you and it makes your spirit man make natural things fall in order because of the word. Okay. So just keep that in mind. Go ahead and stand. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God, hallelujah. I can't tell you how many millionaires will tell you that an idea for them to become uh, the next inventor of a thing or a business idea came as a result of being in the Word. can't tell you how many things that I have figured out. And it didn't matter if I was studying the, the subject. The substance of the Word creates intelligence. It creates intelligence. And it gives you the ability to see what others cannot see. And it gives you the ability to say and have a certain level of intelligence with your words that others can't comprehend. That was an amazing experience for me when I battled those uh, atheists a few a couple weeks ago and did not even know I was battling. That was the thing. And these were considered masters. All of them had radio shows and, and uh, I was only supposed to be talking to two of them and I didn't know I was supposed to be talking to two of them. And, um, and, uh, and I was just, I was, I was holding way back because I didn't want them to hang up on me. You know, so I was holding way back and those guys were getting to call their friends behind the scene. Hey man, you got to join this call. You got to join this call. And next thing you know, I can't remember how many guys were in there, like eight or nine that I was at least talking to. I'm talking to these guys at the same time. Some of them, while I'm talking to one, two or three of them would be perusing my website, Lionheart Church, to find stuff to use against me. And one found something and what we believe, tried to use it against me, and I slammed that down. And, you know, I mean, it was an amazing experience. All these atheists couldn't handle one dude. It wasn't my intelligence, it was the word. The word gave me the ability to even come up with natural examples that weren't in the Bible to show them how dumb they were without me telling them how dumb y'all were. I mean, it was just unreal. Finally, one guy, he just flat out cussed me out. He just, I mean, he used, I mean, when I, he didn't curse me out, C-U-R-S-E. He cussed me out. When I, yeah, with cussed, you got to misspell it. Or, I mean, this, when I tell you this, he cussed me out so bad that the head of the atheist show felt bad. Because this guy, he just would not stop cussing me out. Only because I told him that, yes, I have personally seen people get healed cussed me. I felt like I was being cussed out by Satan. That's how bad it was. I've never been cussed out like that before, ever in my life. Not even close. When I tell you this dude cussed me out, he was anointed. He pulled on every resource of power and intellectual will to cuss me out. That was, yeah, it was, I wish I could have heard it. I gotta start taping all of this stuff so y'all can experience this with me. Next time when I get on this, I'm gonna say, hey, all y'all, get on the phone call. Mute your line, though. Mute your line. I don't need to hear Terry. Ah, yeah. No, I don't need to get on the phone call. Start bringing y'all in on some of this stuff. I don't realize it until after the call is over with, so. All right, let's go ahead and pray so I can let y'all get up out of here. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord God. 
that in these dark times we will be the salt, we will be the light, you will increase us more and more in the face of opposition. Thank you, Lord, that you are giving us the ability to stand in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray, oh Lord God, for every person here. I declare right now in the name of Jesus Christ that every single thing that is attached to them that they do not know is broken right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord God, that you will reveal what is broken so that it can never attach itself to them again. Those, oh Lord God, who are doing things and listening to people and music and things, oh Lord God, that is corrupting their soul, I pray that you would give them the courage and the boldness to let those things go. When we let go of the lesser, you always bring the greater. So we thank you, Lord God, that you have great things reserved for the righteous ones who follow you and follow you fully. Give us the courage, the boldness, and the wisdom to take a stand for the one who only has an eternal home for us. For we thank you, Lord God, that though men can even try to destroy our physical bodies, they cannot destroy our souls. So we thank you, Lord God, that right now every negative thing is broken over your people this morning. Every dark thing, every negative attachment, everything that the enemy has manipulated into their life to slow down movement and to stop increase in multiplication. In the name of Jesus Christ, I declare those things melt off of them this morning right now. I declare those things are broken off of them this morning. I declare those things are null and void over their life this morning. I declare those things as dead this morning. And I declare, oh Lord God, only forward movement, only light, only increase, only prosperity, only promotion, only favor, oh Lord God, with all that we do and everywhere that we go. Every fence is brought low, every gate, every chain, every rope is broken and untied in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare this. By the authority of Jesus Christ. So we thank you, Lord God, that these things are broken over our lives. Thank you, Lord God, for revealing unto us individually about the people that we need to remove out of our life for a season or permanently. People that we need to remove off of Facebook, social media. People that we need to erase out of our phone. People that we need to get away from. It's not personal. It's just kingdom business. And so we thank you, Lord God, that you will show us the individuals that we should get rid of and those individuals that we should be around. So we thank you, Lord God, for these things. Thank you for increasing us more and more. For you said the path of the just is as the shining light that grows brighter and brighter each day. We thank you, Lord God, for those who have come out this morning. We thank you, Lord God, that as they celebrate what we call Labor Day and they go throughout their Labor Day, they go out throughout their responsibilities and fellowship. Thank you that you will keep us safe. The blood of Jesus Christ keeps us from all hurt, harm, and danger. We believe we receive the manifestation of these things, and we praise you for it now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you all for coming out this morning. I know it will be a lighter day after my wife.